Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin, as always, and today we'll be covering This Life, a big hit. Uh, you gotta cover the hits, as Kevin always says. Gotta cover the hits. Gotta cover the hits. So, so what were what were some of your initial thoughts when hearing this song? So this was the first Vampire Weekend song that I I think ever heard. Like in a sense wow. that I listened to it like on like on purpose. So, and... so we're going over unproven ground here. Uh, yeah, that's episode. the thing. This is this is what like this was kind of like my oh shoot moment when it's like oh this is actually like something I should be listening to. Um, and really, this song I think was a great choice to release a single. Obviously, it's the kind of thing that's like you know when you're writing, it's going to be a hit. But also, like I think it kind of carries the weight for the rest of the album. It's not woke, at least not that I'm aware of, <laughs> like some of the previous discography. It's very rock influenced. Um, and when we talk about Ezra's kind of desire to tell a few more stories with this album, when you incorporate the music video, there definitely seems to be more of a story going on here. Yeah, I, I definitely would agree with all that. It's interesting, though, because this song, I actually really like the song, but I don't listen to it too much anymore, and I tend to skip it a lot, actually. Really? Um, not Again, I really like the song. I think it's a really well-made song. It's just, when it came out, I was working uh, at a company where the guy at the desk next to me would always play his music on a speaker, Oh, and gosh. it was like some radio station and for some reason they loved this song and this was like a 10 hour day so they would play it every hour so i'd hear it 10 times a day and so the first first <laughs> couple times this happened i was like oh my gosh this is so cool vampire weekends like making it big um a lot of other people are going to be exposed to their music this is great mm-hmm. and then like the sixth time okay still still good to listen to and this was after it had already like of course when it came out the first time I listened to it countless times on my own but this is like a couple weeks later and I'm just like oh my gosh please please turn off that radio I can't do it anymore because for some reason this was this was the only song they had on like rotation hourly um there was nothing else so I, I think it was like so, a classic rock station or something. So it was so a classic was like, rock station. It was like a mix, one of those where that it's like mainly me. classic rock, but some pop pits. Um, I think, I just think like, I feel like indie radio stations have a tendency to like, they want to prop up like, quote unquote, their songs when they become pop hits. Like, I think that the example I always think of, there's a great indie rock station, uh, shout out 1021 um, out of Milwaukee. Um, they do great stuff. But when that Nathaniel Rateliff, um mm-hmm. Son of a Bitch song came out and that yeah. was like really popular, I think they played it like every 30 minutes. Cause oh, yeah, I, for sure. And I'll, it came across to me, it's like, this is our music. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, yeah. like, I to, to your point, it's like, this is a, a well-known song now because mm-hmm. I think it's very, very accessible. Yeah, I, I think it's actually more well known than Harmony Hall, actually, in terms of radio play. Um, I would, I would pretty think close, so. but Harmony Hall is just—it's a lot longer, so I think that's kind of why radios mm-hmm. didn't touch it as much. Um, but yeah, diving into the song, um, it's an interesting uh, backstory, I think, in terms of 
who helped make this song because mm -hmm. most of vampire weekend songs it's some combination of uh ezra rostam and ariel uh, producing and writing and something like that but on this one it was co-written along with ezra uh, by mark ronson who made uh, uptown funk uh, mm -hmm. and i love mcconan which the the chorus comes from the chorus comes from an i love mcconan song called tonight um in which the chorus says you've been cheating che cheating on cheating on me so i've been cheating on cheating on you you've been cheating on me brianna so i've been cheating too tonight 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 interesting okay. so ezra heard that song and really really liked that lyric those lyrics and um, asked to use it in his own songs and i love mcconan uh, said sure so I, I think it's a pretty interesting just like how this song wasn't didn't have the usual background um, of formation that Vampire Weekend songs tend to. Yeah, I was looking at the both the production credits for this song in particular, and also just for the album overall. And it it gives you like this, like to pimp a butterfly, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy vibe of just like we're gonna get like thirty people in a room <laughs> and just put something together. Oh yeah, um, and it that. works. I mean, obviously it works, but. It's it's just amazing to look at, like Jake has a guitar credit on the song. Yeah, like yeah, the, that's the solo at the end. It's like a yeah. little fifteen second solo, and it's just him playing guitar. They they played it on Time Crisis, and he he had no idea that he was on it until Ezra no! told him. He was like, that's "Oh really wait, cool. I'm on this song," and and they played the solo, and he's like, "Oh, that's that's nice." <laughs> he also he also called the song surprisingly unpolished. And really, Ezra, Ezra was just like, yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> it was one of those times where you can tell Ezra's just like, I'm going to ask him later about that. <laughs> Surpri I mean, unpolished is not the word that comes to mind. No, I didn't. It's not, I was it's not very surprised tight. by that. Like, I think we're used to Vampire Weekend having a little bit tighter of a production style. This is a mm -hmm. little looser. And that might be. But that's kind of the whole album overall, though, is a little looser so yeah. they also played that's an, funny though they also played an alternate cut of the song um where it's like a steel drum and a slide guitar and it's almost that's like grateful cool. dead-esque um but they was said that on they, tc i gotta yeah, find that yeah okay and they said they decided to go with this one um a lot mm. more like rock and roll friendly uh like sure. you said and the final note from that TC episode is Ezra said he was worried about the song being too straightforward, but I don't, he never said explicitly, but it sounded like he was more talking about the music and not the lyrics. That is just a straightforward rock oh. song. Like we were saying, it's not necessarily, I, I don't know how much I fully agree with it though. Cause I feel like it does incorporate a lot of, previous vampire weekend tropes like i feel like there's some like africana pop in there and stuff like that um but i i understand where he's coming from and that it could be taken straightforward as a rock song i think some of the light percussion is a little less rocky um like the mm -hmm. reverb vocals on danielle's voice um true that's a little 
different. Um, but I mean, to counter that, like you look at me, if I never heard this song, would we be having this conversation right now? No. Like the fact that it's accessible, I think it's good for the band to have a few of these songs that are just like very, very familiar. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, let's dive into the lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. we, we talked a little bit about this, reference this, that it's definitely falls into the idea of Ezra wanting to be more straightforward with his songwriting. So what's straightforward about it, Kevin? There's, that's the thing. I, it's not immediately straightforward to me. Like we're using the vehicle of a relationship to talk about something here. Is this actually about a relationship? I'm not sure. Um, The lyric, baby, I know pain is as natural as the rain. I just thought it didn't rain in California is I mean, come on. That's it's, that's it's beautiful. that is the good good. <laughs> um, and then the next line, "Baby, I know love isn't what I thought it was because I've never known a love like this before you." And to me, like you hear a trope like that, like I've never known a love like this, and it's almost like you're supposed to think like this is a good thing. But thematically, with the rest of the song, that's not like I don't immediately go to that. You know, it's almost like this could be a new experience of love, but is that potentially a non-positive thing? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when I first read the lyrics, I viewed it, and going off of somewhat Ezra has said in the past, I viewed it more as like a mat, uh, maturation of Ezra dealing with relationships. Okay. In that before it was either you cheated on me so this is a sad song about how you messed up and i have to move on or i cheated on you and this is a song about how messed up i am and how i need to fix myself but now it's you cheated on me i cheated on you but we got to move on like we got to be mature about this and realize like this is, relationships are a lot more nuanced than blame being fully focused on one person um even if um it's not uh, of course there's some blame that should be had but um but there's a reason for for those incidents that needs to be dived deeper um and so that's how i read it the first time this kind of realization that love is a lot more complicated than initially thought um the biggest support for this is baby I know love isn't what I thought it was Um, and it's kind of just realizing I I like verse one in that it's it's realizing that even though he was aware that love isn't perfect and love should hurt even in a great relationship that he didn't think it would affect him personally that he was aware of the concept, but he mm-hmm. never applied it to his own life. Um, I just thought it didn't rain in California. I, I know pain is as natural as the rain. So it, it happens. I just thought it th- wouldn't happen to us. Um, That's a great theme. And I think I would, in my head, I was thinking something along those lines, but I think what you just said right there is probably the best synopsis you could give over all of this song. Yeah. And I, I really like this initial reading and I think there's truth to it. I actually think the secondary meaning I found 
is the bigger meaning. Oh. Um, and that's supported heavily by the music video. I, I was just going with the relationship thing and not a secondary meaning until I watched the music video. Um, because let, let's finish on the relationship one first before we move mm-hmm. on to that. Um, there's more lines where, baby, I know dreams tend to crumble at extremes um so during fights the it's just like you're at your extreme like you don't really understand the other side of the fight mm-hmm. um i just thought her dream would last a little bit longer thought this like stage of infatuation where um where real hard difficult love isn't present um would last a little bit longer and then you have the line we're we're surviving we're still living are we stronger um I would love to think that's a Daft Punk reference. Um, I don't think it is. I think it's just a reference to the, the saying, uh, what doesn't kill you just makes you stronger. Um, but hey, if it's a Daft Punk reference, then maybe it's also a Kanye reference and we can confirm the song Wavy. So, <laughs> so you have that lyric as we're surviving, we're still living, are we stronger? Yes. I have it as I was stronger. Interesting. Okay. And I'm just going by genius. I, okay. So this was the, just the first one that pops up on Google. That's where I, okay. I got it from. And I don't know where they get it, but I don't know if, uh, does Vampire Weekend put their lyrics like in their liner notes? Like, is there like an official, is there a gospel we can read here? Cause I don't, I, 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 I do not some, like not the first time this happened with Ezra's singing voice. Um, so I'm curious. I actually don't. Because then my thought was, what? Go ahead. I actually don't think it changes the meaning much. Because I have your way okay. of communicating that, like, even though we're going through these uh, hardships during the relationship, it's just making our relationship more real and okay. uh, better for it. Sure. Yeah. It, I like in, that. In, in this way, it's are we stronger? He's questioning and like coming to that realization. While in your interpretation, he's there. Already, okay. Which. I think is pretty similar. Um, and then um, we already covered the chorus a little and how that would relate, but in verse two, baby, I know hate is always waiting at the gate. Um, you you always can fall into that blaming and hate stage of a relationship mm-hmm. if you let yourself, but you, like we said, he's re- reached this mature stage in life where he's, he's better than that. Um, the relationship is the the man's a lot more um a lot more nuance and understanding between them mm-hmm. um and again he has this doubt that i just thought we locked the gate when we left in the morning sure um and i really like the third verse yeah um, if, you if that's where you're going, a little into yeah um so the baby i know death probably hasn't happened yet because i don't remember living life before this superficially is very sweet just like that first line we talked about um and then even if we dive a little deeper into the steam we're exploring here it can kind of be the same thing where i wasn't living but now i'm really now that i'm in this relationship experiencing this like deep upwell of emotion not necessarily good not necessarily bad but like there's a ton of commitment here. And this is not something I've experienced before. And then the next part, darling, our disease is the same one as the trees unaware that they've been living in a forest. 
is interesting. Uh, what was your read on that one? I I really had no idea um, for this first meeting, at least. Um, okay, because my first yeah, I for, was very confused by that line. My only stab at it for this rep, like read of the song would be that hey we're going through this but guess what everybody else who's in a fulfilling relationship has gone through this too yeah i, I think that's fair i, I think that's okay. a fair assessment um i like that um yeah moving on to the the other meaning i was talking about i i'm starting to think this song's almost a spiritual successor to unbelievers Oh, and that would be so sick. It's Ezra writing about him reassessing his relationship with God or whatever higher power he's come to at this point. Um, we've talked a lot about how religion plays a large theme in his lyrics and how in Father of the Bride, there's, there's um, it, it's definitely there, but it's interesting because has a lot more um, Christian references, which is kind of strange because Ezra's Jewish. And mm-hmm. um, compared to Modern Vampires of the City, where I wouldn't say they were, yeah, hey, is definitely explicitly Jewish, but um, I wouldn't say they were explicitly Jewish, but they were more spiritual and less specific religion yes. pointed um, well this one you have oh christ as a lyric <laughs> which there's definitely multiple meanings there for sure don't get me wrong um there's definitely it's striking though it's very striking to hear that but he wouldn't be saying using that term if not for a reason um i i think it's it's a lot like bambina we talked about earlier how he's using this Christian lens to make it more relatable and understandable, I think. Um, and mm-hmm. he has a background in liter- reading literature for, um, I think he was a classics major, like we said. Um, so like, he's very familiar with all this stuff. So it's not sure. too surprising. Um, but I've seen some people, and I agree with this assessment, that it's about his relationship with God. Um, in that he's he's trying to avoid the suffering in life that's unavoidable. Um, And um, he feels that God has been cheating on him in some ways as well. Um, But he's also been just trying to avoid what naturally comes in life, the suffering that... um, Mm -hmm. And then it's almost this exclamation of humility in that, oh, Christ, am I good for nothing? Um, Because at first you hear it as like just this exclamation on its own, oh, Christ. Um, But on further listens, it almost sounds like those two lines are linked together, that it's not two separate lines. It's, oh, Christ, am I good for nothing? Like asking, asking. Christ, am I good? Yeah, okay, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. And so it's almost this humility of what is, how how am I going about this life and how should I be going about this life? Um, Asking this 
this higher power, um, which I I thought was like like I said, I I feel like in some ways that's a um, spiritual successor to unbelievers, where he's in this almost agnostic phase of life, mm-hmm. um, where the world is persecuting him for not believing in anything um but he's just what what do i do for why should i care almost but in this one it almost turns it's on it turn it turns it on its head and to into less of a sarcastic why should i care and more into an actual really why should i care like i want to care why should I care? Um, the line that really drove this for me was the verse uh, three, where it says, baby, I know death probably hasn't happened yet because I don't remember living life before this. And it immediately made me think of the unbelievers um, lyric where it says, if I'm born again, I know that the world would disagree. Um, in that one, he seems to be open to that notion, but in this one, he seems to be just, uh, having not, not confirmed, but, um, resigned himself to the fact that he doesn't feel like that would be it for him. Um, wow. I like this a lot. I I really, really like this. It, it almost seems like a stretch uh, at first until you watch the music video because the music video is where this fictional character Wade um, drives Danielle, Haim, uh, Ariel um, around California and it's in black and white. It's in this California desert with windmills around him. Ezra singing with windmills around him. It almost has this like western aesthetic which is kind of strange and cool at the same time with and it has subtitles and grainy footage but the main thing is at the end of the video they all end up at this passover cedar um which for those who don't know um is the a a big dinner um in jewish culture um during passover where you celebrate um celebrate the holiday The big thing that sticks out to me here is Ezra, who is Jewish, is one of two people without a skullcap at the table. And I don't think everyone there was Jewish. Um, And so it's this almost the significance of doubting, um, of questioning Mm -hmm. whether that's for him, of if he belongs, um, which is fervored by him everyone else at the table is enjoying each other's company, talking to each other, um, eating the food, uh, and just general, general happiness is there. But you see Ezra at the opposite end of the table from the head, kind of sitting there with his guitar, singing aimlessly, singing, singing confused almost, um, and does not seem to be present in the cedar, um, seems to be distant, seems to be um, 
seems to be away from that community. And so that's, that's when I, I felt like this, this interpretation could really have some legs. Yeah, I, I, I really love this read of it. And I think I, I, I do want to dive more into this. Uh, a couple of things, really, when you're, the first half of your little talk here that kind of got me on this. This song's symbol is a larger hand holding a smaller hand. Oh. The larger I... hand is, like, outlined, like, shimmery. And the smaller hand is, like, more defined. Mm -hmm. um, and you think maybe it's a relationship or something, but the two hands are not of individuals who are of the same like age. Um, mm -hmm. Like one is clearly larger than the other. And this like, I think could definitely be some symbology in the whole like paternal aspect of a, a, a God figure, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so that I think is very cool when you look at it like that. Um, and then you look at Wade in this music video. I never saw the music video before today. Uh, and that blew me away. I felt like I was watching some, it felt like a movie. It felt like a film, honestly. Um, it was really well done. And you look at Wade as his character, he introduces himself as a guy who lives in the desert, Palm Springs, California. And he introduces himself as a people person. Um, and you see him throughout this, this little thing, going about driving people places, like seeing a few friends. Uh, and it looks like at many times he's enjoying himself. There's that one little scene where he kind of goes off the side of the road and is like, look at the flowers all weird. Um, and then it looks like there's a couple of times they go close in his face. It almost looks like he's crying. Um, and at the very end, when he's, he, he raised a toast to Seder meal, uh, he says something along the lines of, uh, I'm a bit of a loner, but I'm also a bit of a people person. And then he actually does start crying. And you can look at that from a human standpoint. I think there's a lot of people like that where, you like being by yourself, but you couldn't imagine not being without other people when you needed them. But also, yeah, you could definitely look at that through a religious view of you. It's easy to go about like hours of your day thinking, I don't need God. I don't see God in my life. And yet the overall picture might tell a different story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... So this is, this is an awesome, awesome read of it. I really, really like this. Yeah, I was I was about to ask you what you thought of that line. I'm kind of a loner, but also sort of a people person. Um, and I I hadn't linked that to to that meaning, but I I really like that. Uh, I think it definitely has some legs. And it does seem when he says that when he's giving his speech at the very end of the video after the song has been sung, that Ezra's more so part of that community. And I feel like that's important. Um, I, I really, really like the, the music video. I, I think it's, it's so good. It's so good. It is so good. <laughs> um, because it's on its own. The first time I watched it, I was like, this is cool. This is that's a, thing. It's a cool. very pretty video. Yeah. Um, and really fun but then you dive deeper and compare it to the lyrics and it adds a lot and it's this man like, having yeah i feel like that's that's what a good music video does mm -hmm. it adds to the subtext of the song but also stands on its own it feels like a man having a midlife crisis 
you know, yeah, like, like kind fair. of like the we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna touch the holy grail here again, but Paul Simon's Graceland, um, <laughs> the, the the architect. Um, there's some of that there in this music video, and I'm sure Wade, if he was in the room right now, would agree with us. Yeah, who? Why do you think Wade? is this fictional character when everyone else is introduced as their own names because wade is not his real name is not wade i don't remember right now what his real name was no he's some he's some like musician yeah um it could be a projection i mean Mm -hmm. that is probably the most that's the most obvious answer to me is you're creating a character and this is a thing we've seen in literature and movies all the time you're creating a character for a part of yourself Mm -hmm. you want to explore was Ezra ever introduced in the video? No. Yeah. So he's not I, in. He's not in that. the video in the sense like he's not in the car. Like no one at the dinner table like is like even recognizing he's there. Like mm-hmm. I almost kind of viewed him as being like an observer, like almost like a ghost of Christmas present kind of deal. Mm-hmm. You know, where like he's in the room, but he's not actually a part of the conversation. Yeah, and I feel and like so. That's... Wade, Wade is like a projection of Ezra kind of going through this. Mm-hmm. I, I also feel like the observer connotation of Ezra in the video is very similar to how a lot of people view religion. They feel like the observer on mm-hmm. the outside. Um, there, there's a lot of people who don't necessarily not believe in God, but never really felt close and never really felt like mm-hmm. they were actually at the table. Um, so I... I, I could see the projection theory that um, Ezra still feels like the outsider, but at the same time, he sees himself in that fictional character. Mm-hmm. Would be wild if that like, was nothing of the mindset when writing the song and we <laughs> come up with this. Yeah, I read of this cool guy. We were at the same, he was, he was leaving the studio and I was coming in and like, he's just had that look about him like, hey, can you uh can you be in our music video next week? <laughs> yeah, he's like, as long as you don't use my name. Um, okay, dude, sure. Wade. <laughs> um, I did want to bring up uh, before we finish, there's one theory I came across, which I, I don't think is the actual theory, but I think it's neat and um and I I really like that people like are similar to us uh, kind of make these theories out of something um and so i think it was on reddit but it was a theory that this song is about um rostam leaving the band oh mm-hmm. interesting and so the the big thing that supports that is the chorus where it's you've been cheating on cheating on me with these I mean, he was producing for so many people at this point um, before he had left the band. And then I've been cheating on, cheating on you, um, kind of the band going a different way. Um, mm-hmm. Because on Modern Vampires of the City, they had Ariel come in and produce it, um, even when Rostam was still in the band. Um, so I, I thought that was cool and neat, but I I don't think, I didn't see any connections outside of the the chorus it's definitely an idea but i think the two themes that we talked about earlier are significantly stronger yeah anything else on the song before we wrap it up 
this is my favorite song, especially after today. <laughs> yeah. Well, favorite favorite Vampire Weekend song that is. Um, I, I I I cannot believe the depth here um, that we've just potentially discussed. I mean, it's all potential, <laughs> none of it. As we talked about last week, it might all mean nothing. Um, but if it does, we can. It's it's kind of fun to think about. This is a fantastic, fantastic song. Mm-hmm. So favorite lyric. I think I know which one you're gonna say. Ooh. Um, can I take? I just thought it didn't rain in California. Is that allowed? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I, I'm I figured you were gonna take that. Um, <laughs> I am going to go with baby. I know death probably hasn't happened yet because I don't remember living life before this. Because mm-hmm. I I like how it could be a reference to unbelievers and they've. They've yes. uh, cross-played lyrics between songs before, so it's not oh, unheard of mm-hmm. um, with with Harmony Hall and uh, was it um, which which song had uh, I don't want to live like this, but I want to die. Shoot, um, it was something off Modern Vampires. It wasn't Fingerback, was it? Uh, I believe it was like the end of Fingerback. Yeah, I'm looking. It's good radio. Yeah, finger back. Finger back. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I love when they cross play references between mm-hmm. songs. Um, top five. This life, stranger, harmony hall, holiday, Jonathan Lowe. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with unbearably white, stranger. This life, Harmony Hall, unbelievers. So we have an intro That's... to the top three for both of us. This is this is strong today. <laughs> this is a hit. Some might say. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's starting to form a very very good top five. <laughs> um, we had some stragglers in there for a while, but yeah, now 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 it's it's the hits. That yeah. We're the dark days when we had to include California English in the top five. That was rough. <laughs> so for our hat for this week, um, I am actually running out of hats. So we're going to go uh, between Kev- Kevin's going to share some of his hats for, for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to, we're going to dig into the archives here. Uh, this is a Chicago bears hat. Um, <laughs> it's got a tan front to it. says established 1920 because the bears are kicking off momentarily a game that will be broadcast mm. on Nickelodeon. Uh, because people forget, this is actually a funny thing. Bob Diaco, when he yes. became the, the head coach of Connecticut, he invented the civil conflict, or at least he was a big proponent of it. And then he also suggested that they should put college football games on Nickelodeon in an, in a, in an attempt to get a younger audience. Because his thought was, these kids that are like seven, eight, nine, they're going to be recruits in a couple of years. Yeah. No, I... So put the games on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. Um, I I'm gonna watch. Promo. It'll be fun. I yeah. saw a promo for it. They like are whenever they score, they're shooting them with slime virtually <laughs> or something like that. Can you imagine if they did that? Like, actually, like slime the guy. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just done for the game. <laughs> That'd be great. Okay, so song for next week is "Worship You." Oh, Modern Vampires of the City. Yeah, okay. So that should be a fun one. So tune in next week. Thanks for joining us. We'll Thank see you, guys. You all.